Hello and welcome to Vibrant Lives podcast, formerly Amanda's Wellbeing podcast, five-minute food fact series. This is a podcast dedicated to health and well-being, featuring interviews with experts in the fields of nutrition, physical and mental health, and my five-minute food fact series, which I'm doing today. I'm Amanda Hayes, your host, a lawyer turned nutritionist with a deep curiosity about living a healthy, active and fulfilling life, which I would call a vibrant life, and sharing what I learn with you on this podcast. The content of my five-minute food facts series is really for information purposes only, and it is not intended to replace the advice of your health professional. Today I will be talking about magnesium the several roles of magnesium in our bodies, where we obtain magnesium in our diets, and what happens if we don't get enough or we get too much magnesium. So first of all, what even is magnesium? Magnesium is essential to our health, indeed to life in general, and our bodies need it to function. It's the fourth most abundant mineral in the human body, and the adult body contains between 22 and 26 grams of magnesium. It is a prime mover in our metabolism. It's involved in about 80% of known metabolic reactions and more than 300 enzyme reactions. It often acts as a cofactor, in other words, helper molecule in those reactions. We've been using magnesium as a curative since ancient times in the form of laxatives and Epsom salts. So on to what magnesium does in our body. First of all, where is it in our bodies? About 50 to 60% of it is incorporated into our bones. Most of the rest of it is found in soft tissues, including skeletal muscle. And only about 1% of total body magnesium is found in the extracellular fluid. So that's mainly blood serum and red blood cells. And there it works as an electrolyte and helps maintain fluid balance. So here are some of the amazing things that magnesium does in our bodies. It is involved in metabolism. It helps convert food into energy and in particular the body's use of glucose to create energy. It's involved in protein synthesis. It helps create new proteins from amino acids and contributes to the structural development of bones. In addition, it's involved in gene maintenance where it helps create and repair DNA and RNA. In muscle function, it works with calcium to regulate the contraction and relaxation of muscles. It's also involved in nervous system regulation. It helps regulate neurotransmitters which send messages throughout your brain and nervous system. It is critical to heart function including electrical conduction in the heart and blood pressure regulation, and it seems to have a role in protecting against hypertension. So where do we find this amazing mineral in our diets? Well, it's naturally present in many foods, and it is actually abundant in our food supply. Rich sources of magnesium include green leafy vegetables like spinach, because magnesium is part of the chlorophyll molecule which is responsible for the green colour of plants. It's found in whole grains and nuts, especially almonds and cashews, and seeds like pumpkin seeds, legumes, banana, and happily, dark chocolate. Fruit, meat, and fish are all moderate to good sources, 
and dairy foods are actually poor sources. So the next thing to know and understand is how much we need. According to the National Health and Medical Research Council, the RDI or recommended dietary intake for men is 400 to 420 milligrams per day and for women it is 310 to 320 milligrams per day increasing slightly during pregnancy. So that information on its own is not all that useful. So what does that actually look like? If you ate the following foods over the course of the day, you would be consuming 400 milligrams of magnesium. That would be a quarter of a cup of pumpkin seeds, half a cup of boiled spinach, and one slice of whole wheat bread. So it doesn't seem that difficult to obtain enough But the question is, do we actually get enough magnesium in our diets? And it is estimated that Australians do not consume the recommended amount of magnesium. However, that said, frank deficiency symptoms are rarely observed except in the cases of disease like kidney disease. And the reason for that is that the kidneys tightly regulate the concentration of magnesium. Um, It's also seen in alcohol abuse or in malabsorption due to gastrointestinal disease like Crohn's disease or in prolonged vomiting or diarrhea. Also, there are some prescription medications that interfere with magnesium absorption and retention in the body. And these can include some antibiotics, diuretics, allergy and asthma medications and chemotherapy treatments. So that's obviously something to talk to your doctor about. The problem with subclinical magnesium deficiency is that it may not have overt symptoms, but chronic low magnesium status, because it has so many roles in our body, may impact someone's risk for hypertension, kidney disease and other disorders. So deficiency symptoms when they do occur can include nausea, fatigue, weakness and sleep disturbances. Can we have too much magnesium? Well, yes, we can. Magnesium toxicity is rare, yet in the extreme it can actually be fatal. It is actually almost impossible to reach toxic levels from food sources alone. So in order to reach toxic levels, it means it must have been taken in supplement form. The most common side effects of excess magnesium include diarrhoea, so it won't surprise you to hear that magnesium is often one of the main ingredients in laxatives. In relation to magnesium and athletic performance, it is often touted as an ergogenic, that means performance-enhancing aid in sport. In theory, this makes sense because of its integral role in energy production and muscle function. However, to date, studies in healthy athletes have not really borne this out. You also hear about magnesium having a role in reducing muscle cramps. Because it is active in muscle contraction, it has been hypothesized that magnesium deficiency might cause muscle cramps. Again, no convincing evidence has been seen in clinical trials except for in pregnant women, where some trials have found that magnesium can have a benefit in reducing cramps. If you go into your local pharmacy or health food shop, you will probably see a lot of magnesium supplements. They are marketed to promote relaxation in times of stress, to support metabolic pathways and to improve sleep quality. Supplements come in different forms, for example magnesium oxide and magnesium citrate. 
Some are more soluble and therefore easily absorbed by the body. Magnesium citrate is better absorbed than magnesium oxide, for example. I'm not really going to go into this here, but if you want to take a magnesium supplement, it's a good idea to speak with your health professional first to work out the best formulation for you. I also confess that because I exercise a lot, from time to time I do take a magnesium supplement, you know, according to the recommended dose, as a sort of insurance policy to prevent deficiency, and personally I've not noted any downside. My main dietary tip in relation to magnesium would be to eat a variety of unprocessed foods and try to include leafy greens and nuts and seeds every day. Thank you for listening today. If you found today's episode interesting, please tell your friends about it and share the podcast. If you would like to subscribe to Vibrant Lives Podcast, you can subscribe on all good podcast providers like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio and YouTube, to name a few. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at vibrant underscore lives underscore podcast and feel free to dm me with any topics you'd like to learn about and i will endeavor to create an episode for you thank you very much for tuning in eat well move well think well